Good evening, Mercy Hill students. Welcome to The Edge Online Week 9. Looking forward to when we are meeting in this room together. Hopefully it will be very soon. Uh, we are in a study on the Sermon on the Mount. The title of our, our series is, is Beautiful Attitudes and Simple Truths or Sa Savage Truths because some of these truths we're going to talk, talk about are going to hit hard. It's found in Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7. We're in Matthew 5. We'll be in verses 6 through 8 tonight. I'm gl glad that you're here. Let's jump into the Word. Uh, there's a book by Gary Chapman called The Five Love Lang Languages. And in his book, he, he, he talks about uh, there, there are, are five primary ways that, that people feel loved. And everybody has, like, one of the five is their main way. And there might be a secondary way, but it's it's the way that they are shown or they feel like they are loved. Uh, the love languages are qual qual quality time, spending time to together. It is um, words of affirmation. Uh, you look beautiful today, or man, you are really a great mom. That's that's what my wife is. Words of affirmation are what she needs. That 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 makes her feel feel loved and secure. Uh, a physical touch. Have you ever met someone that is a hugger? Uh, 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 these people like being close, uh, but you understand that your age not that close, and um, like to hold hands, that type of thing, physical touch. Uh, fourth one is acts of service. Uh, they like it when someone does things for them, uh, whether it's you could wash the dishes or you might take out the trash or you might just do some help where you're not even asked to help with. Uh, the fourth is receiving gifts. I know we all love to receive gifts, but some, some people, it makes them feel so special and loved when they receive gifts. So he's written this book, there's these five things, you're supposed to figure out what, you, what one or two your, your spouse are, and that's how you, you, um, you sort of minister your, your spouse in love. That's how you make your spouse feel loved for, for the rest of, of your life. And while I relate to all of these things, I think all of them are great, uh, mine isn't on the list. Uh, see, I, I'm convinced I need to write a book called The Sixth Love Language or The, the Hidden or uh, The Secret Love link, a link, a Language because mine is, you know, mine is, mine is, is food. Like probably many of you, my love language is food. You are the key to my, my heart Put me in front of food that I like. Uh, you want hints or to know what the theme is for for youth, for, for youth camp? Uh, I love the loop. I love Tasty's cookies and cream uh, shakes. Uh, those things are what makes me feel so special. And you know, my wife uh, killed it this week in this category in my life. She came home from the store and she said. Honey, uh, I got you a surprise at the store. Now, I don't hear that from her very often, and I'm fearing she's playing a joke on me, and it's going to be b butternut squash, or it's going to be kombucha or avocados. While you might think those things are great, they're ho horrible to me. Uh, and so uh, she pulls this bag out, and she, out of this bag, she pulls out a box of Disney dilly bars it's the mickey mouse head ice creams on a stick covered in chocolate and it is they are the most 
awesome things in the world. If you ever go to Disney World, whenever it opens back up, it just makes the day better. It just makes life better when you are getting to partake in a dilly bar. These taste exactly like the ones in the park. And since he says the magical words, kids, these are only for dad. You're not allowed to touch them. She knows what my love language is. She, she nailed it right on the head. And I've got to tell you, for the past th th three nights, I have partaken in some incredible dilly bars and even shared some with my son Noah. So I'm being very kind and thoughtful there. So we're going to stand together, if you can, uh, and, and read uh, this script, scripture. We stand in honor of God's word to remind us uh, that this is the word of God. Uh, it's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 through 8. Uh, and this is what it said. It says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you for your word. Open our eyes, open our hearts to hear your word and respond to it. We thank you for the chance to just meet together, even in this way. We can't wait till we meet together in person. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now look here in verse 6, because Jesus is speaking my language, my love language. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. I don't know about you, but I live my life hungry and thirsty. It is very rare that I am satisfied with a meal. I'm always just thinking, hmm, what are what I'm going to, I wake up in the morning, can't wait for lunch, wondering what I'm going to have for dinner and even lunch the next day. I'm just thinking about food. Uh, so I'm hungry, so I can relate. But when I think about this more, I, I can relate, but I can't relate because I, I, I don't have a day that goes by that I don't get a, a meal uh, if I want a meal. Uh, I, I might skip a meal on my own, but it's by my choice. I, I can have a meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for every day, no problem. But to the, the people that heard this sermon of the day, they probably understood what hunger and thirst was uh, much more than you or I do. Uh, they understood what it meant to miss a meal or two or not know if you're even going to get to eat the next day. They knew what, what it meant to hunger and thirst. That means, man, that's the only thing I can think about. I think, I think I'm hungry and thirsty or I'm starving sometimes, but I'm not near what really what the word means in my own life. But here, as it states in the text, Jesus hasn't talked about physical food, right? He's talking about righteousness, a godly virtue. Um, so what does it mean for us to hunger and thirst for righteousness? We, it's, it, 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 it means that we act through prayer, through attitude, and through a, a, action to stand up for righteousness' sake. So how do we do that? Well, we, we, we fight for racism to end. Uh, we, 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 we pray and fight for abortions to cease, uh, for the unborn to be protected. We, we hope and, and fight for evil to be destroyed, um, for hatred to stop. Uh, we also fight and pray and hope for forgiveness to overflow. We, 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 we fight for truth to mean something, for 
honesty and loyalty to be virtues that are commended and appreciated. Uh, and above all else, we fight for the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to be known uh, here and around the world. What would our world look like if we stood up to bullies, especially when they weren't bullying us? That when we saw the broken and the neglected being picked on, and, and we all have times that this is seen, that we stepped in the way and said, no, this isn't right, this isn't going, going to happen. That's the people that hunger and thirst for, 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 for righteousness. That's, that's what they do, even at risk to themselves. Has anyone heard of, of a man named Casper Ten Boom? Uh, I'm not sure if you've met him or not. Here's a picture of him right here. He's got a, a beard uh, I would love to have. Reminds me of a bunch like uh, a lot like our very own Melvin Strauder. Just a maj majestic beard. He was born uh, in 1859 in Amsterdam. Uh, he grew up and started a jewel, jewel, jewelry shop when he was 18. Became pretty successful at it. Uh, but was known for helping the poor and downtrodden in his co community as he grew up. His family would take in foster kids in the early 1900s. And for tw 20 years, they, they, they taught in churches and schools uh, for these special needs. Uh, some of the, the first people to really reach out to that uh, group of society. And... and uh, um, they, they just love people well, and they also had a burden for uh, the Jews, and they wanted the Jewish people to hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and, and turn to Christ. See, they were Christians, uh, and, and it flushed out in the way that they lived their, their life. Uh, in the 1930s and 40s, uh, Nazi Germ Germany came in and oppressed the Dutch and the the Jews were um, were being um, attacked in a lot of ways, and uh, so over uh, over quite a few years, it's believed that the the Tin Boom family they housed and, and protected over eight 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 hundred Jews in their in their own house. In nineteen forty four, uh, the Nazis had gotten word of what they were doing, and they they raided their house. There were thirty people in the house at the time, including all the Tin Boom fam family. They took them to the Chefin something like that pr pr prison. Casper uh, Tin Boom, the the father at this point was eighty four years old. The Nazis noted this was a very old man who wasn't going to lived long and they were going to send him home to die in his own bed and he uh, gave them uh, his response when they said they were going to send him home was if I go home today tomorrow I will open my door to anyone who knocks for help uh, what a bold statement you, you can send me home but but he's just that stubborn old man I'm gonna keep doing what I know is right to do, no matter what you do to me. They, they asked if he knew that he would die. They said, old man, you know that you're gonna die because you're helping the Jews. And his response was, I would consider that the greatest honor, I, I would con consider that to be the greatest honor that could come to my fam family. Dying for the Jews at that point was the greatest honor that the, his family could, could have. Th these words are a man who is 
was truly satisfied uh, in a way that the world, this world cannot comprehend or understand, makes no sense to them at all. Nine days later, Casper Ten Boom died at that very uh, prison that he was in. His uh, four adult kids were shipped uh, to concentration camps. One of them died in a camp, a daughter, a, a son died right when he came out of it from the injuries he had inflicted in the camp. Two more survived uh, the concentration camps. That's where uh, a book was written called, I think it's called The Hidden, Hidden Place, uh, that tells a lot of their story. Man, you want to be truly satisfied in this life? Because I do. I want to live a life where in the end I'm like, man, I'm satisfied. Then we've got to hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's the only way. Verse 7 says this, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Now, mercy, what does it mean? It means it's, it's love uh, that's reaching out to the miserable and helpless. That's what mercy is. It's love that is reaching out to miserable and helpless. And and uh, 1 John, I cannot help but think about 1 John 4, 19, that says this, we love because he, God, first loved us. I mean, that's how we know what love is. And in the same way, that's how we know what mercy is. We, we extend mercy. We have mercy because he first extended mercy on us. We are, we were broken in our sinful condition. In Romans, it talks all about it. In, in, in Romans 5, 6, it says, for while we were still weak, weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. He calls us weak and un ungodly, but Christ died for us. Verse 8 of, of, of chapter 5 of Romans, it says, But God shows his love for us that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. We're ungodly, weak sinners. Christ died for us. In Romans 5.10, it calls us enemies of God. Christ died for the enemies of God of God. Mercy, the, the helpless and neglected, that's what the miserable, that's what we were. God extended grace to us through Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 2, 4 and 5, it says, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and our sins, made us alive together with Christ. Don't miss this. We can dispense mercy because we've received mercy blessed are the 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 merciful for they shall receive mercy see god grants us mercy and we repent we turn from our sins from our rebellion against him and and we accept by faith jesus christ and because of experiencing this mercy in our own lives then we can freely give it as we live our lives I've had the privilege to uh, officiate uh, uh, in, uh, over 30 plus wed weddings. And um, in the wedding ceremony, and even before with the, with, with the bride and groom, uh, where we talk about mercy and forgiveness. And the bride and groom uh, 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 are to take the mercy they've experienced from their, their relationship with Christ, that Christ has, has given them, and they're to bend it outward, take the mercy, and they bend it out, outward to their spouse moment by moment, uh, day by day, year by year, uh, as long as they both shall live. That, that, that's what 
uh, that marriage is supposed to look like. That's what our lives are supposed to look like. This mercy we receive, we bend it out. So you, believer in Jesus Christ, uh, take the mercy you've received and bend it outward to your parents. Bend it outward to your brothers and sisters. Bend it outward to your friends or your even your former friends. Uh, bend it outward to your te teachers, your bosses, your youth pastor. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, a believer in Jesus will extend mercy because they've received mercy, because they are pre presently being blessed with mercy from God, and they in the the the, the future will be given mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Verse eight says, "Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God." The heart is pretty messed up. In uh, truth, the heart's very messed up, and the Bible uh, speaks greatly on this. If you ever uh, are in church or in a service of any type, and the person speaking begins to talk about the heart and says, hey, hey, just follow your heart. Hey, whatever your heart wants, that's what you should do. If they say, hey, just whatever dreams that you have, that have been put into your heart, whatever dreams you have, those are from God, and you need to run after them with everything that you are. If you ever hear someone say those phrases, you need to get out of there. You need to, to run away from it. The, the Bible is very clear. In, in Jeremiah 17, 9, it says uh, that the heart is wicked above all things. This, our, our hearts are wicked above all things. When when Moses, or when Moses, when Noah, um, when the flood came to an end, the waters began to recede. The boat stopped. Noah got out, built an altar to the Lord. And in Genesis eight, and in verse twenty-one, it says this: "And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the in intention of man's heart is evil from his youth." Wicked above all things, evil from their youth. Matthew 15, 18, and 19 goes on to say, But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. Our heart's a mess. It is a mess, and you cannot fix it. Great news is God can. Uh, in verse 8 uh, 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 Matthew 5 for the word pure there it also tra tra translates as as clean see David understood being in a mess he had had an affair he had had murdered he had lied and was caught in all of this and in Psalm 51 verse 10 he says create me a clean heart O God and renew a right spirit within me see he understood he could not fix it on his own and he, he he needed God's help to fix it. Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 36, verses 25 through 27, writes this. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean from all your uncleannesses. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey all my rules. God is saying, hey, I'm going to take this heart of stone, this, this dead heart that you have, 
that is that is wicked, that is lost, that is that is evil intent. I want to take this dead heart of stone and take it out, and I want to put into you a heart of flesh, a heart that is alive, a new life in Christ. And and this is through through God's work, not anything that you've done. This is a work of God. In Romans five five, we will say. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. So who has a pure heart? Those who are redeemed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those whose lives have been changed by Jesus. They have turned from their sin and they've turned to Christ. He's taken this dead heart because you were ungodly. You were in rebellion. You were you you were a sinner. You were dead in your sins. He's taken that heart out and put it into a heart that is alive in Christ. That's what a pure and blessed are the pure in heart. Those who have this relationship with God through through Jesus Christ. It says this: For they shall see God. For they shall. So let us hunger and thirst for righteousness, so we will be satisfied. Let us dispense mercy graciously wherever we go because this world needs to be given mercy and see it let us live as a people pure in heart and understand that we can only live that way because our god is that good let's pray together dear god we thank you for today chance to talk about your word god we want you honored in all that we do uh, and thank you for this 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 for for this text and the chance to talk about things that are important to you for it's in jesus name i pray Amen. Y'all have a great week. Uh, I miss you. I can't wait till we meet together again. Thanks.